guys. Welcome back to Teachers Off Duty podcast. For this very special episode of Teachers Off Duty, we are so excited because we have some special guests for you. With the start of Black History Month, we thought it would be a great idea to pass our platform off and our mic uh, to a group of Black educators. Uh, so we have Mrs. M's Closet, we have Deanna Smith, and we have Shivy here with us today. We're doing this in an effort that we can hopefully continue to do more Black panels and hopefully promote and an understanding of what it means to uh, uplift black educators and continually um, advocate for ourselves to be anti-racist. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode and enjoy the dialogue and the conversations and learning the different tools that we can use to support black educators. Welcome to Teachers Off Duty. We're about to take this thing over. <laughs> oh, we taking it over today. It's going to be so lit. We got so many great discussions for you. Well, let's get into our intros. My name is Shivy Brooks. I am an educator in the metro Atlanta area. Um, man, I'm excited to be here with y'all and, and sharing space with y'all. Sissy, you want to tell the people who you are? Yes. Hey, y'all. My name is Dr. Deanna Smith, and I am also an educator from the L.A. area, and I'm here to just tap into this fabulous conversation. Yo, what's up, y'all? My name is Miss M. I'm a comedian out here, but I'm also a teacher out here in D.C. Make sure you're following me on at Miss M underscore closet on Instagram and TikTok. We have the opportunity to like uh, take over the platform here uh, at Board Teachers. I'm excited. Um, and I think it's like, it's a really lit uh, opportunity for folks to hear like our voices uh, and learn a little bit more about us. What do you think is uh, part of like the secret sauce or like the thing that like the teacher community might be missing when they don't get to catch our voices, when they don't get to hear uh, from from folks from our community. We end up with incidents like the Capitol. We end up with incidents like George Floyd. Mm -hmm. We end up with incidents where certain things are being taken out of schools. They're on the mm -hmm. banned list. We have incidents where people are really just insensitive to cultural norms, even mm -hmm. though they're teaching in schools that are of different cultures. And so I think that us coming into this space gives people the opportunity to learn mm -hmm. if that's the space you're choosing to be in. So that way you can be the best educator you can be mm -hmm. while helping these amazing kids be the best adults, humans that they can be. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain from just listening and hearing other voices, like opening yourself up, um, whether it's, you know, a podcast, whether it's social media, just understanding that there doesn't have to be a myopic view. You can hear yeah. other things and engage and explore other ideas. I think it's really helpful for teachers, especially teachers who are faced, you know, our world is changing. Yeah. The demographics are changing. There's a lot up in the air right now. And if you don't, you know, tap in and listen to other perspectives perspectives, you might find yourself in a position where you're not able to meet the needs of your students. But not mm. just that, like on a human level, yeah. it's just you, you become a better person by listening to different stories and, and different ideas. So right. it, even just for yourself, it's really beneficial to just, you know, tap in, tap into other things. So in today's time where we got so much uh, pushback mm -hmm. uh, for how we show up in the classroom, yeah. the things we could talk about in the classroom, the books we can include in the yeah. classroom, right? All the 
the stuff. Yeah. Right. For me, I teach. I teach in a uh, in an urban area. Right. right. Uh, I teach in Riverdale, Georgia, which is on the south side of Metro Atlanta. Okay. Um, where my district is a hundred percent Title One. Right. Yeah. So that comes mm-hmm. with a certain kind of energy. Absolutely. Given the demographics of the schools that y'all teach in, mm-hmm. what is it like for you being a black educator who shows up how we show up? How we show up. Fill, fill in the blanks. And understand. 100%. Right? 100%. Right? Like you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you know. Uh, so we show up how we show up. What is that like for you? It's been great. And I was telling, when we were in the car on our way here, I was like, I wouldn't trade my kids for anything. Mm. I love being there. And even with all of the, the struggles or anything that they bring every day, I love them so much and I love just being able to enlighten them. I love being able to be their mentor even after they leave my school, they still reach out. And so I love being able to just be that positive influence for them to look up to. I love being able, you know, we come from similar neighborhoods. And so I'm able to really just really help them get to their dreams and let them know your dreams are very much possible. Like, please don't allow where you're born to dictate where you're going and I have to always say that we have to continue to just be great and also be able to learn from our mistakes Mm -hmm. and things like that and so I love it I love teaching in title one schools I don't think I would never not teach in a title one school um my experience is always purpose about that yes I have to and I have to teach the people that come from where I come from because only I can go in the classroom and speak to my kids the way that I speak to them because I get it we used to get food from the church we was only shopping at Goodwill and it wasn't because it was a trend. Yep. It was because that's all we could afford. <laughs> right, all the furniture right. all the furniture in our home came from the thrift store right. or whatever. All the clothes we wore came from the thrift store. So I get it when people are doing that. The reason I know how to do my own hair is because we couldn't afford to go out and do all those kinds of things. But I still wanted it done. So I learned how to do those different types of hustles. And that's what I teach my kids. I grew up and I have a lot of traumas too. And so I want them, I don't want you to allow your traumas to dictate hate where you're going because I I can take you to a prison right now and they all got traumas too and so you got to decide which path you're going to go are you going to allow these bricks of life to knock you down or are you going to catch the bricks that are thrown at you and build some steps and step about your situation what's it like in your opinion for us to do all the Mm. things that she's talking about but you got folks on the policy side, right, pushing, pushing back and pushing down on that work. To answer like your two questions, right? For me, I've worked all, all of the, my teaching really has been in California. So I've worked in schools where it's truly diverse, not like there's one overrepresented population. Like my the first school that I worked at when I first became a teacher, it was like a third black, a third you know Latino or Latinx, and then a third like everything else, like Vietnamese, Filipino, indigenous, like everybody was there. So. I really had to understand that being culturally responsive doesn't just mean knowing one culture's practices or knowing about the Mm, food. mm. It's about how you show up. It's about how you engage. It's about being open to learning and listening. And it's about making sure that your students like see themselves and feel heard, loved and seen in your classroom. Mm. And so I love and I I love working with black kids. But the reality is, you know, there's just not a lot of schools where that's that's possible. Mm -hmm. But when I get the opportunity, I do think it's it's critical representation we understand that representation does matter there's statistical data 
data that tells us that when kids have a teacher that looks like them, they benefit. They learn They learn differently. They learn more from that teacher, right? And when even students, regardless of their race, when they have black teachers, yeah. it's a positive experience. Like yeah. having yeah. a black teacher positively impacts you whether you're a young black child or not. They, so. got, they got studies that literally say when you have black educators it's in a, your yeah. school, it yeah. increases graduation right. rate. It, does. it increase, right. Right. increases student performance. Absolutely. And I think like, it's, it is like a... Um, the appreciation for the presence of black educators, yes. I think, yeah. many times goes like overlooked. And, and, and I would even say, like in our own community, like you got to mm -hmm. think, kind of the the byproduct of of how things have changed in American society. At some point, like a lot of black folks started to feel like going to other people's schools was better for us. And it, it's still like that, though. For, yeah, and for it's, sure. it's still like that, and it's it's sad because they're not going to be in the school with the black culture because of the resources. Copy. So like if I have a baby with an IEP yeah. and this baby's in a school that's underfunded Can't yeah. catch them based on the community yeah. Yeah. and a charter school hasn't taken it over yet, we won't get into that right now. Um, <laughs> that's all of their topic. Right. But, you know, they just trying too. to open all the cans yeah. of worms. I mean, look, I'm just keeping it 100. We just got here, we man. Yo, I'm just keeping it 100. But <laughs> if I have a baby with an IEP and they're at an underfunded school where yeah. they don't have the proper resources to actually help this child grow academically and meet their needs, then either they need to be, they're either going to try to get into a charter school because we know the charter schools, you know, they're gentrifying the black community by taking over the schools instead of just actually. And causing the closure actually, of our neighborhood schools. And causing schools the closure of the yeah. neighborhood yeah. schools. Like I said, I'm not going to do that right now. I mean, you know. Oh. <laughs> Period. But you have to make sure that the baby. So as a if I was a parent and my child had an IEP and they were in a school that just couldn't afford like the Lexias, couldn't afford the Read 180 programs, couldn't afford to have teachers who are qualified to put in that those phonological skills that they actually need to become better readers because I'm a special education ELA teacher. They either have to go somewhere else or the babies are going to be in high school. And we've seen that all over TikTok recently from the Baltimore schools where people, those videos have been going viral, where m parents are like, my child is in high school and they're reading on a third grade level. Bruh, now, nah, first off. That, that does happen. Uh, are you about? No. Because yeah. sis was wrong. Okay, but which sis nah, are you talking about? No, we're going to name that. But what sis are you talking about? The, the one where the, the son was like a high school, no, he's supposed to be a senior, and I'm she turned around and he was a wrong. freshman. She was wrong. Bruh. She was wrong. At some point, she we got to have some, some accountability. I'm a, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. But did you see the First off, this is my black passionate voice. All right, this is not I'm my argumentative no, I'm voice. Saying, I'm saying we're not talking about we the same video. That. Yeah, I'm talking about there was two Baltimore videos. So that For one sure. I agree with, where the the son had missed, failed 22 classes, missed over 200 days of school, right. all those kinds and of things, and she like, didn't know. Oh, so that video. Yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah. her. That was. That was, you know, you're a parent. You got to check in. But there was another <laughs> parent who's like, my child is reading on a third grade level. Yeah. And I've been in places that are underfunded 100. where the kids, either the special education teacher was lacking because it's a small group. And so they're able to get away with and, some and things. We, and we agree it's even worse now. Yeah. After like after post pandemic. After, yeah. But then let me pandemic. ask you this, though, because there is so much focus on like learning laws yeah. and the oh effect gosh. of the pandemic That's and whatnot. Right. OK, boom. <laughs> now we we. uh I think we lost something like 700,000 Americans over the course of like yeah. the pandemic, the heat at of least, the pandemic, at right? Least, at least. Or more, yeah. right? Yeah. Definitely yeah. could be more. We agree that in American history, the Civil War yeah. is considered one of the bloodiest periods, the one of the greatest losses of American life mm -hmm. in the history of America, yeah. right? We lost 600,000 
Americans mm-hmm. in those three, four years of the Civil War, right? Somebody, d- don't fact check me on, on my, <laughs> my social studies. Just relax, taking like, the information. Just, yeah, right, right. Just, 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 just roll with it. Just roll with it. Yeah, roll we're using estimates. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, excuse me, but actually, yeah, it was, don't, right? this is yeah. actually, it was don't 720. Don't be that person. Don't be that guy. Don't be that person, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, that person. Let's say it. Go ahead. You got it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we lost 600,000 people during the course of the Civil War. Yeah. We lost over 700,000 people mm-hmm. over the course of COVID, right. right? Have you ever heard of a conversation about learning loss that occurred during the Civil War? No. no. Have no. you heard any? You get no. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like our but it's fo- an excuse. I feel like we ain't focused on the things that actually matter. And, and furthermore, to, to kind of bring it back home, no. I don't feel like we're grading schools in our community the right way. Oh, like because oh, well, it ain't accounting for oh, how please, we got to be the counselor and the please, uncle and the oh, auntie and, and, and the food security please piece. Please let and me the, talk about it. Think, it go on please, please let me talk because that's one thing that I will say is that in our community sometimes the expectations. Mm for academics has been diminished because of the other things that we are doing in schools. We're counselors. We're hairstylists. I done braided hair between classes. Yeah, but your CCRPI scores doing, ain't getting a bump for but helping somebody's hair look yeah. good to but go what, to class. Because I believe in Atlanta, y'all also have a lottery system for like selective high schools. And thing, are y'all not, okay, so in places like D.C. and New mm. York, they have to apply to high schools if they don't want to go to their neighborhood school. Right. And so that application process looks very similar to college. But see, at, sometimes at some schools, the expectations for academics has been lowered. And so kids are coming out with a 4.0. But it's not meeting the same expectations that we would get oh, yeah. on the rigor, other side rigor of town. is not even across so the board. So what happens yeah. when they get into these selective high schools that are top-notch because their GPA is high, they get there and they, sh- I mean, not just struggle, they struggle so hard yeah. because that's not, the, that's not the level even close that they were doing. But this, and we're the hurting. same thing happens in college, it though. Does. Like a lot of us yeah. go to college and you got to take the 100 level but courses. That's, yes. I mean, there's, there's a lot in like, I feel like we've covered so many topics in the we last have. like two that's minutes. Right. That's, literally, that's, right. that's there's, who we are. That's, there's a lot in that though because you have a couple of things working together. First, like rigor. Rigor is an interesting concept because like what is considered rigorous in a lot of times is really just how closely you can perform whiteness in a school. Mm. So right. the metric mm. should not... So rigor I need my is soundboard tri- <laughs> so I can drop a bomb on that Rigor one. is like kind of tricky though because it's like even when we... We can't live and die by these standardized test scores, right? We, right. So we, we have to. But we, we have to. To do we two have things. This, no, is the thing. the this is the thing. As a black educator and just as black people in general, any any group of people that are struggling to to like unshackle themselves from 400 years of systemic racism, what you have to do is two things at the same time. You have to freedom dream a reality where our schools are not used. Those metrics are not used because when you think about it, like I, the map score is not as important to me as like, did you learn how to have discourse did you learn how to engage critically did you learn how to ask questions but at the same time the map scores is what's keeping the lights on right but, so, but, and then the parents the parents who are parents, picking where they're going to buy a house that's where that's they're looking at the they're they're neighborhood looking at those, school so that's like, the i'm not moving there as people we can't get we have to do two things at, at once we have to be preoccupied with making sure that our kids have what they need to succeed we yes. have to make sure that our kids are prepared a lot of black teachers say oh i want to i'm hard on them because it's going to be even harder later and i want to no. it's like you don't you want them 
to be prepared too, but then yeah. we also have to actively be striving and questioning what are these metrics that we're using for a good school? Like, is that what a good school looks like? Because to me, when I'm thinking about where my kids are going to go to school, it, test scores are important, but at the same time, like in this world that we're living in right now, 2023, I'm. what are your mental health resources? Like, yeah. is my child going to feel loved, mm. seen, and heard? Mm. Like, mm. will they know that blackness all by itself is excellence? Mm. Will they know like all of these stories, like what stories will they hear about themselves in that school? And that's something as black educators, we need to make sure we're tapping into that as well. It's the hand raise. I have a strong it's the hand, hand raise. Yo, that's a strong teacher it's, it's hand. hand. Okay, Let me yeah. just put that out okay. there. That was, that was an example of what to do. No, so when you were speaking, I don't know if y'all have ever been asked this question at your schools, but would you allow your kids to go to the school that you teach at? Or have taught at? I, I would. Because that, but that's the thing. I think we we have to be really critical about what makes a good school. It can't just be about test scores. Yeah. And so it's navigating that mater- the material reality of black schools. The reason why they're being gentrified by these charter schools is because they're failing by these metrics that they created, right? And that's the reason why we yeah, keep losing yeah, these but schools. Yeah, but it's also because we don't pay attention to state-level legislation. Yeah, and we See, don't go to those meetings. That's true. For the past, like, 10-plus years, yes. they, they had already been setting it up to first they set up the grading system. Yeah. yeah. Then they set up parameters for how you could deem a school failing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then yep. they set up consequences for what yeah. happens with it. Yeah. Then they set up the option to create state charters and all that. They yeah. play in the long and, game. And, and, it's and correct, but this it's is this masterful. is why because this is, yo let me High tell key. you this yo. why I get so frustrated it's with us because I feel like we're never paying attention to the real. Problems yeah. like, for example, if we're talking about improving schools across the board, why are we never having a conversation about separating uh, property taxes from how we fund? Oh, oh we need business. to be having right? that conversation. But, saying, but that's, that's not the general. That's not the general conversation. People are that. talking about learning loss. <laughs> When I'm like, I'm talking like you're right. Well, you're talking way too much about learning loss and all of these buzzwords and people. So there's so many cooks in the kitchen and everybody. The problem is we problematize the students mm. and we're not talking about Come the system. Right. That's Come what I'm on, saying, now, though. give that's me a new thing. word right. today. You're focusing so much on like what the students are lacking, what the students are not doing, how the students are not performing. It's like, have we ever like thought about like, does that make sense to you? Come like, yeah. why is it if if 80 percent of black and brown kids? are not at or above reading level by the seventh grade what does that tell you about what's going on is is it the black kids or is it the metrics or is it something else going on it's a mixture of a a plethora it's a lot of things because a lot kids who don't come into school already knowing how to write their name already knowing how the alphabet sounds because i don't believe in like teaching a b c d like teach them letters how it actually sounds um those kids tend to be start off behind yep. and even yeah. if it's not because of a disability because you can be academically behind and not have a disability yeah. i'm a iep advocate so i just want to put that out there um and so what happens when they're behind and there's no catch-up yep. ever yep. like if academics is not the forefront of your household like that's not built into your everyday just a part yep. of y'all's lives yep. mm-hmm. The kid continuously stays behind. And by the time they hit middle school and they're doing other stuff, because as a kid gets older, they start dating. They start wanting to go out with, you know, they have other things that are not academic. Elementary is where you really want to hone in and get those foundation skills. But but and it, it happens even before that, though. It so does. Like, everything it you're talking birth. about it is happens like when a, you're pregnant. Yeah. When you're pregnant nah, with the child. It's, it's, it's all a symptom yeah. of like privilege, right? Yeah. Like, yes. And by, by privilege, I mean like, were your parents educated? 
Yep. Were you, you know, no. and how much education did they get and what were they exposed to? Yeah. Like it, 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 we have to like overcome so like, look, my the grandmother hurdles. had a sixth grade education right. coming from Guyana, South America. Right. Right. So like for my family, I'm the first generation even born in America. Mm-hmm. The reality is like even as a black person, like we are the first generation of black Americans born yeah. with full rights. Yeah. yeah. The first. And now yeah. we lose them. You feel me? Anyway. Right in that part, right? <laughs> now so, they're all the so, way out. <laughs> so but you but you also gotta keep in mind, yeah. To read was illegal for us. Yeah. To, to learn. To learn was, was illegal. illegal for to us. To teach a right? black and person so, to read was illegal. So there you is would a, die. There is a right. generational, there is a ge- multi-generational yeah. trauma. Absolutely. And, and a deficit yes. that yeah. we're still working to overcome and y'all right. should look right into epigenetics. It's very fascinating. There's a book called My Grandmother's Hands. There, and just read about epigenetics. It's crazy because our genes literally remember. Your, your genes are made but like before you even draw breath. And yeah. that's yeah. the thing for black people, the stakes shouldn't be that high. So a lot of times people are like, well, what can parents do? What can parents do? And it's true that I, you know, maybe I'll be controversial and say, I think some parents could and families could take a little bit more accountability. But oh, the thing sure. is like, Absolutely. it should not be on a, on a parent that their child is knowing everything they're supposed to know before they get to kindergarten. Like Absolutely. the stakes are way too high. So I think we have to like really evaluate. Is it, is it equitable? Does it make sense that, if I can't spell my name by the time I'm six, I'm going to fail. Like, and that's no. what the data is showing. Like the data is showing like you're in California. There was a study where they showed um, the amount of kids that were below grade level by the third grade. And what yeah. they did was they went and built more prisons because yeah. they knew that where those kids, exactly, so the stakes are just too high. So I think it's definitely not just on black educators, but all educators to ask those big questions. Like the stakes are really high for our kids, for a six year old to have to know all of this stuff or else basically, your entire life is going to go down the drain, right? It, it's something that we have to grapple with as as a community and as educators to be more mindful of that systemic inequity that continues to happen. We're going to have a lot of uh, educators who teach in schools that don't look like ours mm-hmm. right. who are going to be listening to this right now. Yeah. Right? Right. And there's going to be a lot of folks who internally they're going to be like, yo, you know, what could I do to help? What could I do to support? What would you throw out there? as a solid way mm. uh, for people to show up as true allies or co-conspirators, how yeah. people could really support um, uh, our urban schools right. um, or our schools who are not as well-resourced. I think number one is learn the community that you're in. So before I was an actual teacher, I was a long-term sub in Texas, and I was in a small town, and I was the only black person in the whole school district. Um, and I had just came from Howard with a blonde afro. So that was fun. Um, but one thing I did, there was no issues. You know, there was some racist situations taking place, but I learned my students, they were raising animals on campus. So they would show me, I would talk to them about it. Like, how do you do? I'm getting involved. That's not something that I'm going to do, but I want to know what that is. This was at an all white school. So let's transfer this over. If you are a person that's coming into, for example, an all black school, you should take on the same thing. I'm not telling you to come to school in a daishiki. Please don't. In fact, we're telling you not to do do that. that. (laughs) Or whatever. Like the same way I didn't go buy a goat, you know, but I knew the different things. I was able to talk to them about that and like really bond with the students on that. I'm telling you to learn what's happening in the community. Don't be so scared of the community that you're teaching in because this is where these babies live Mm. and this is where they actually have to go home to and this is their safe space. And so you need to come in with this 
this love or whatever. I always lead with, I lead with love. I come in with love. I always remember what the, the lady said. People always remember how you make them feel. That's right. And so my goal, I, I, that lives with me. People remember how you make them feel. And I've seen teachers that are not black literally come in and just talk bad about our babies. Talk bad, talking about, oh, they're horrible. They're bad. I can't stand these kids. They're going to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? Like, don't ever in your existence. I don't know. I hear, I hear a, a lot of us be kicking it I, like that, too, though. True. I mean, so that does happen as well, because yeah. if you've never grown up in that space. See, it's different when I, I was around black people and then I went to an HBCU. I went to Howard. Um, and then <laughs> like, I, th- I think we're hearing that for the first time. I, yeah. <laughs> Have you mentioned this? I, I didn't mention Your it. Black folk, Did when you they go, go to, to an Howard? HBCU, like yeah. they just be, like, they just be popping yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Really, really. Okay, but anyways, um, shout out I, to Georgia I was State University these... who graduates more black uh, black students than any HBCU oh, in the country. The I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, you know, Androids and iPhones. Whoa. I, whoa. Now y'all getting controversial. That was that was <laughs> spicy. I mean, I don't know how I feel why is that? Your, okay, so anyway, we're gonna bring it back. We're gonna circle back. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it didn't make me uncomfortable in that space. But I have met black people who also have the same questions as non-black people who yeah. didn't grow up in that space. They grew up in a more bourgeoisie setting. Maybe yeah. they were all, the only blacks in their black elitism. Yeah. Is 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 one of those things that we don't be talking about, man. That That black elitism is real, like that. that, It it even goes to that notion of like, for a lot of our kids, it's like, yo, uh, go to school, make good grades, go to college, get a good job, and then what? Leave. 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 Get out the hood. And And, and we don't talk about the brain drain that we indoctrinate into our kids, but they Mm -hmm. get mad. Yes. At gentrification, yeah, and it's it really comes down to (laughs) deficit versus asset based thinking. So, an asset based approach and like asset pedagogies are things like culturally responsive teaching, anti racist teaching, etc. You should really look into those. Any any teacher should look into those. But I think it starts with understanding that like the community that you come into. Let's say you do, you know, I'm talking to the teachers that are non black out there. When you come into the community, you are not coming in to help fix, save the community. Mm. If you're you're not coming into the community um, with an approach like a, a paternalistic, mm. these pobrecitos, like these poor people, I need to like help these them. What? Da, da, da. Wait, say it again. Girl, you know, <laughs> yo, you know girl, you've been on that babble, ain't you? Say you're not Superman. You're not coming in as Superman. Say it, say it, say it. I'm not dealing with y'all. Yeah, you're not Superman coming in here. So I think it's really important for everybody to have to look into. Am I having an asset based approach about this community? Do I see my kids as like full people in their full humanity with stories to bring and things to share? They're coming into the classroom. Yes, and it's your job to educate them, right? But like learning is built, it's not transferred. You're not transferring all of, you know, the wonderful things that you have and filling it into the empty vessel of a child. So it's really critical to to come from like to start with the heart work. And you said what can, you know, people that are non black do. Honestly, your internal work, everything you you show up as yourself in the classroom and you bring all of your biases mm, absolutely. you bring all of your traumas you bring all <laughs> yeah. your little uh your little quirks that you have and if you're it's not a bad thing necessarily it's not a bad thing to have different experiences but when you're not mindful of it that's when you become dangerous right. so that's when if you don't have 
that asset-based approach, right? If in the back of your head you're thinking, oh, I moved to the hood to, like, save these kids, like, on some Michelle Pfeiffer type of stuff. No, a, or, not like, dangerous, Mom. No, the picture <laughs> that hangs up where it's like, all the black kids and yes. them in the middle. It's and they take like, it everywhere. <laughs> they, yes, take, they put yes. it on shirts. No, like, exactly. it's the, it's the exactly. I teach at a Title the One school. school. It's, it's like that Title One badge. Like, it's like, you really don't have to. You don't have to black card, ma'am. Go on and put that thing up. It's reducing those, it's reducing kids to, like, a negative narrative that yeah. you've heard about black people and there's yeah. so much more than that and so it's really critical that you interrogate like am I using a deficit mindset mm-hmm. when I come to this environment I have a, a shirt that says uh, black children don't need saviors they need believers absolutely mm. right and it's it is the it is the notion of like really believing in and investing in our young people yeah mm-hmm. not just telling them what they can be but showing them how mm-hmm. how to get there it is giving access uh, to the resources yes. to be able to get there that's the things that that i personally believe our kids need more than anything else like you can you can resource the hell out of a a classroom or a school yeah but if you're not like pouring into like the the soul or the spirit of that kid to help them be able to see what's possible Mm -hmm. and then see how to make it possible then it's like we missing it and how do you do that for the, for the non-black teachers listening, yeah, that's yeah. probably what they're thinking. Nah, How do I do talk, that? So for the non-black teachers listening, real talk, the best thing that you can give your kids is access to your network. Absolutely. Because mo- many times, like, and that is like the, the facet of like gatekeeping from yeah. one mm-hmm. community to another that stops opportunity. Yeah. If we're yeah. not opening up our network. And what'd you say earlier? The What's love that? language? Putting people on. Yeah, to put on. Yeah, to put on is a love language. Yeah. Like putting people on to opportunity yes. um, to be able to do things that maybe they would not have been able to do right. otherwise. Like that's a real, that's that's showing love. That's really yeah. believing in somebody. And one thing I wanted to add, and I've said this multiple times, is showing empathy does not equate to lowering expectations. Mm. This is facts. And that's actually very disrespectful mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do that. And that was, those expectations, the babies can meet the expectations that are set and you can show empathy and love at the exact same time while holding the bar and I see Mm -hmm. so many non-black teachers and black teachers lowering the expectation Mm -hmm. whether it's to make Mm -hmm. it easier on them because they don't want to deal with the traumas and things that are you know that's real or they're lowering the expectation like instead of oh you need to do this they're lowering it down here and that's what i was talking about earlier our babies are leaving the schools with this impression that they've that they've done that their grade means this and then they get to these other spaces that they still want to go to and they struggle because I believe you got to hold that bar and that's one thing I think students respect and they know that you love them because you wait you meet them where they are and let them meet the bar they can meet it they might not meet it that week they might not meet it the next week but they can meet the bar and you can still also check in with them and show that but one thing I was when we were talking earlier having black teachers and things of that nature you, you, you try to rush of, to my next question no but ah! i was wanting to know like because i had a black teacher in kindergarten and then i also had a black pe teacher all through elementary school when was the first time y'all had a black teacher i'm gonna answer that i want to just say one quick thing go ahead that i think because i i want y'all also to look this up it's called being a sentimentalist it comes okay. from uh, zaretta hammond but that's what you're talking about when you say lowering expectations yeah i think a lot a pitfall that i see is a lot of non-black teachers think that they're being 
culturally responsive right. by mm. removing expectations. That so part. if you're struggling with that, look it up. It's called a sentimentalist red hammond anyway. But yes, the first black teacher. I was, um, I'm not the best person to ask about this because my first black teacher was when I was in my doctoral program like that's last, crazy. a couple of years ago. <laughs> so Yo, that's that was wild. my first black teacher. Why are you saying teacher. not the best person to ask? I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I can only speak on the impact of not having a black teacher. I can't right. speak on like, I never had that moment where it's like, oh my God, my teacher sees me and she's braiding my hair and it's just yeah. like, that's never... <laughs> I no! was that teacher for other people, but I've never, I did that, you know. Ain't nobody ever braided nobody, my hair. Listen, listen, actually, you Ain't know what, y'all? nobody my hair today, so, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am from Spokane, y'all. Rachel Dole is all in. Like, she's the person who does hair, and really? so I'm not even kidding. So, <laughs> that's not my, my not experience. Miss Wright. But <laughs> hey, Miss Wright. I, I, and that's why, part of the reason why I became a teacher, and I loved, like, my, I had, you know, so many experiences over the years that, filled my bucket of just being able to be in community with black women. And especially I taught math and science and that was really important for me because I was black women in STEM, you know, yeah, started mm-hmm. off coding on MySpace and then I became a Yo, science it's teacher. The, it's, it's, the, it's the air grab. Yeah. It's the air grab. She said some black, black women in STEM. Black women in STEM, yeah. baby. Yeah. We're uh, thing. Get the tech yeah. Jack, ladies. Anyway, but yeah, so it, it was definitely challenging but honestly, I didn't even realize what I was missing until I became the teacher myself and I mm. saw the relationship that I was able to build. Yeah. And it made me really sad for baby Deanna because I was like, man, like that was, it, yeah, I missed out on a lot of those opportunities. To the point of like what you're talking about, I think it is relevant to ask someone like you that question because your experience is normal. Yeah. Mm. It's normal. We all know black yeah. male teachers are less than 2% of all teachers. And yeah. like I ask people all the time, hey, when's the first time you had a black male teacher? Coach D. And it'd be crickets. Or, <laughs> right. Or and the then PE coach. When they it's always like, the PE Why the black coach? male D. teacher always the damn you know gym teacher? Coach like, D. Why. D. No, you know why. He taught me how to square dance and I love him. That square dancing was lit though. Okay, I'm from Texas. You're definitely country. My black male teacher taught me how to square dance. Okay, that was a thing. It was a thing. And I can still do it to this day. Okay, so what? We'll have the camera. demo later. <laughs> we will have the square dancing demo later. I like it. I love it. All right. Then, look, we, can, we can play some uh, achy breaky yes, hard. Yes, some yes, We can take you back to the 90s and go achy breaky so hard. hard on. Okay, yeah. Some of those country it. songs go hard, though. Not even Man. Like, anyway. We just got flagged on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was Listen, that too close? Was yeah. that too good? Yeah, it, it, was it too good? Was it too good? Your black card is about to get revoked. It was that oh, good, okay? Because like, I had a black coach hey, that taught me how to play. Ain't Darius Rucker? But, He's black. Anyway. The, but look, that, that's like also like another thing. I think like a lot of times, like especially for black male presidents in, in the school, it mm-hmm. tends to be like that gym teacher. Yeah. Or like we get, we have to deal with the tax of being the disciplinarian. Yeah. That part. Yeah. You know, yeah. do you find as a black female teacher, yes. if you teach, especially in a school where there are not many other black educators mm-hmm. do you then become mm-hmm. the impromptu uh de facto disciplinarian yes. in the classroom yes that is what happens mm-hmm. whenever like because i'm known as like a community champion or mm-hmm. whatever i'm i won awards for it i'm out in the community and so be doing that i also have great relationships not only with the students but with the families Mm -hmm. and so through those relationships i'm able to help most of the kids whenever they're having their moments and things of that nature however that does not mean you just bring them and that's what happens yeah you don't just send them and everything like that because then you just become it's like if that's the case like let's give me a dean of student position yeah Like, let's get the pay that goes with that. And so that's what happens, at least in the spaces 
that I've been in. Have you also experienced that? I mean, on, and honestly, I had to, I recently learned about boundaries and I had to put up a boundary. You recently learned about boundaries? Listen, uh, so I heard about this thing I called know, boundaries. <laughs> but for real though, like as like as a woman and like a black woman especially, like I was like, oh, am I, okay, yeah, boundaries. Hell well, yeah, let's do no. it. I, right. I'm saying, but that's like, as a teacher, you don't, like I really did not know that I could say no to that. But, and I hated it because I was basically, I would always come home and be like, I'm a cop. Like they think I'm the behavior cop of the school. Like they send me all of the kids. Like call me Smith. I am the 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 right. And meanwhile. Uh uh-uh, uh, you finna go with me. <laughs> you look Come like on. you got that strong <laughs> Do you need to take a walk? Yeah, right. let's walk. Y'all saw how she how she grabbed the air, so you know that finger that that finger Man, point game. And I, and I always had the nails clacking and everything. Oh but, no, no, not the nail clacking. It was terrible because I wanted to be able to have a. A, a full dimension of relationships with my students but when you become the behavior cop all of a sudden it's just every like I was only talking to the kids that were having a hard time I didn't get to kick it with my uh, friends that were like you know my, my kids that were yeah, actually doing yeah, well so yeah. I think it's very it's very important for teachers though to recognize that when you're dealing with behavior you actually have a really unique opportunity to build a relationship with a student mm-hmm. and so when you call somebody else to handle that I understand you're, you're out of frustration maybe you need to calm down or whatever yep. but you always want to make sure that you follow up because yeah. you're exporting that relationship building moment to somebody else and then all of a sudden the dean is the person that has okay. a relationship with the student and you you know you can't even get them to sit down in your classroom because they don't really talk to you they only talk to the person that's coming in so it can be an opportunity to build relationship that you really shouldn't pass up for our white colleagues right yeah. or non-black colleagues yeah. in general um who want to know how to show up better or support better the black educators uh, that they teach alongside of, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like we tapped in on how you show how they should be showing up for the kids, right. but how do you show up for your coworkers? How can how can they better show up for mm-hmm. us by showing up? And that right. that comes from what we were just talking about. You can't fully show up if you're scared of the kids. You can't fully show up if you're over the kids. Mm-hmm. You can't fully show because what happens is when I come pick up your class and they're off the chain mm. now I have to take time from my class mm-hmm. to bring them back mm. down mm. from whatever from that and now we have to talk a lot of times they're coming out frustrated because you're not being consistent with your rules because once you're frustrated on that level as an educator you're just throwing stuff out there yeah. mm. one day it was be quiet today yeah. it's like I don't care yeah. and so your inconsistency is frustrating the students now they have to come to me now we have to have a kumbaya yeah. up in the classroom because now we gotta figure it out and so I think it's just showing up it takes a village to raise a kid so you must be a part of the village yeah and so you can't be outside looking in i would Mm. say if you're thinking about if you're a non-black person like whatever systemic challenges your students are experiencing you're the black teachers are also struggling through this same system right so your black students are going to grow up to be black adults so how you Mm. the struggles that you see your kids facing you have to understand that might be what your colleague is also going through and when you think about showing up and being an advocate it includes being loud about it i can't tell you how many times in a meeting i've advocated for something and and then it's crickets and then they hit you with the elbow i need you to it actually might i'll give you an example the one of the best white co-workers i had he would actually like be like okay what do you want me to pitch because if this goes bad i don't want you to have to like suffer the fallout like he would actually advocate and we would get on the same team and strategize and then he would bring like challenging stuff up or i would be like hey i'm gonna ask for this or advocate for this out of the other and he would be present in the meeting and stand up and show up so you need to be there for your people 
Um, and just being cognizant and being aware, right? Understanding that like we are, as, as much as we're all navigating like the craziness that is teaching, mm-hmm. we're navigating on a whole other level, which is teaching and racism. Yeah. So, you know, we're ju- we got one more ball, at least that we're juggling. Yeah. So just being cognizant and aware of that is critical. So today we're going to be having our amazing producer Yo. is going to read out some buzzwords. And we are going to judge going to see if they are mispronounced. Or if they're mispronounced. They're mispronounced. They're mispronounced. Thank you very much. We're also going to be buzzing in if see if we know the word. And if we don't, you're going to hear. Which means we didn't get it right. Okay. So to start things off, the first buzzword is cap. Wait. No, you could just say it. Oh, it means like it's not factual. That was very PhD. <laughs> This is unfactual. Yeah. That, was, that was factual. Yeah. It means stop lying. My intelligent. That is Dr. <laughs> D. Don't play with her. Factually and don't play with her. I was about to be like, it's a lie. She said, that is factual. That no is cap. not No cap. No cap. You get it. All right. All right. So the next word on the list is mollywop. That's Atlanta, right? It, it might be is Atlanta. Atlanta. No, but Molly I heard. Wow. I feel like we were saying Molly Wild growing up. Can you use it in a was like New York, I feel like if you was like like you Molly Wild somebody, like uh, that's a that's a verb. Okay, it's, it's a, definitely it's a, a verb. verb. Okay, okay, educator. Um, <laughs> it's a verb. Um, it's an. It's, um, I want to say it's like you go up and you like. It's like a haymaker. Like you Molly Wild. Yeah, like, and they, like is it. that right? You Molly Wild. Okay. You saw how I broke that down? I, had See, to, I, I need had like a dean yeah. sound. Like I need a t- <laughs> Y'all, hey, in post-production, post-production we need a notes. P- yeah, you know, done. I, did, I'm, I had to break it down. What is the etymology of What's that? The, like, yeah, where's Molly Wob? Molly Wob. comes from the Greek term. Molly might have actually got Molly got wob. God bless It got famous. It became a bird. It happens. When you beat her down so bad, it became a bird. Yo. Does that not happen? Like, people become birds. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. That's why I was like, I feel like it's an action. It's a verb. Yes. It's an action. It's an action word. All right. All right. So, our next one on the list is twin. Twin, like like that. I don't. What do you mean? I don't. Actually, I don't think I know what that means. I don't, twin, like like a twin. Can you use it yeah, in yeah, sentence? There it is. Yeah, can, can we you use it, it in, in sentence? sentence? Um, y'all do everything with you. You my twin. Oh, like like you my Jr. But you made me give like you like context. my Jr. Like, what is a Jr. That's not you chose first of all, you chose that sentence. If this You're was a spelling bee. I'll be disqualified. Yeah, you chose <laughs> you chose that sentence to give, so that is on you. You know, it's the helper. You're in intelligent. You know? So is that the same as a Jr.? He's like, over oh, you my junior. You're it's over J- scaffolding. Okay. Like yes. you my junior. Like you my son. Your son, but see, your son is like kind of subordinating somebody. Okay, but you your twin would be like my little homie. Like oh, twin would be like somebody y'all like right here. Like y'all like right here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay, I got like, that that's wrong. That's like the highest form of like endearment. You can you can hit yeah. it. I got it wrong. Yeah, I, 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 that's fine. I can accept when I've I've failed. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. and she's modeling that for the teachers and the students. Absolutely, failure happens. That's Y'all, good her teaching toes practice. are crunching as she's saying that. Internally, she is screaming. Stop, Captain. Okay, okay. First, oh, it was Captain. First of all, no cap. Don't even do that. That is factually cap. incorrect. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The next one on the list is Phi. Phi, like. Yeah. Like wait, five, four, five? are you saying First that off. right? <laughs> I think you're saying that wrong. Sorry, is that shit not five? Five. It's 
You gotta say it. You like gotta, that. You, gotta you gotta say it like that. Hey, it's kind of like when you say hey, you can say daughter or daughters because I run that program, Miss M's daughters, and you gotta say it like that for it to. I it, cannot. Under <laughs> <laughs> no circumstances. You know, like, 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 absolutely oh, not. I said it the way I said it. Okay. Right, well, yeah, I said <laughs> what I said. That's what you gotta and say. I yeah. said what I said. And that's on period. <laughs> and that's on period. Now, do you know it or not? No. Okay. Fine. Bye. I don't Bye. know that one. That must be I actually don't know that. That's that gotta be ATL. That's an Atlanta thing. That gotta be an ATL thing. F Y E. Okay. Like, like, is that the is that the same as like, like fire? fire? Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, that's fire. Ding. Like that's ding ding ding. Okay. Fire. Y'all take me to be. Yeah, but you you not getting the R. Fire. You ain't getting no, the R. Fire. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, that's fire. fire. Like that's, that's fire. when like you send a text and you just put the flame. That's like, fire. oh, that's fire. Like that's lit. Correct. Yeah. Okay. We got it. See, I, ain't so I love how we're like saying this. <laughs> I love how we all say the same thing, but since we're in different places, I know, we we're use all different like, terminology. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, right. that's lit. Yeah. yeah, that's lit. The yeah. result of pie. Yeah, the result of pie. <laughs> <laughs> Something was lit. <laughs> yes. The next word on the list is slap. Oh, that slaps. Mm. I've never mean? said that in my Define existence. that. Please define it. <laughs> slaps? Yeah. yeah. I th- it means, like, you know, it they, hard. it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a signifier that means like, yeah, I appreciate this. I'm enjoying it. Can yeah. you use it? Yeah. So it'll be like, That song oh. is fire. It slaps. No, like that. Oh, that, phone, that song is I, I think it comes from like a knee slapper. Yeah. Like mm. you're slapping your knee. Yeah. That. That's you why I was it? hitting my knee. I was like, yeah. is that where it comes from? Like, oh, like, I'm enjoying it. I picture our old granddaddy on the porch, like slapping <laughs> yeah. his knee. Yeah. yeah. That's that Texas. Yeah. Oh, you eat some food and it's real good. Oh, that's slaps. Okay. That's slaps. Yeah. Okay. I got so you. So you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. You enjoy it. Yeah. See? <laughs> all right. All right. If the next word on the list is lightweight. Yeah. Does anyone know this one? That's like, uh, uh, it's not, it's, it's not like a big deal. Oh, mm-hmm. I was going to say something. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, uh, I did not know this what that meant. Like, you know, like this, that's light. You said lightweight, right? Lightweight. Like, yeah. Like lightweight. that's lightweight work. I thought exactly. it was like, oh, yo, handle my lightweight. It could be that. Oh. Is it the same context as that? Yeah. Uh, kind of. Probably okay. a little bit. I've also heard it used meaning like also low key as a synonym for low key. Like, oh, oh that's, okay. that's not that significant. That's lightweight. Uh, stuff. Like, yeah. I'm know. learning words, y'all. I've heard Understand? it in like the workout community, like lifting. That's what uh, When it's yes. like really easy to do. It's, yeah, it's lightweight. It's lightweight. lightweight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The next word on the list is mad. Mad. <laughs> Yo, that's mad weird. Yeah, that's mad weird. <laughs> Yo, that, that's that mad is, weird. That is like the telltale you're from the North word. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely, yeah. Yeah. I learned that like in D.C. and when I lived in New York. Yeah. So who knows what it means. But. Don't worry. I see a couple West Coast words on this list for sure. Mad. Yeah. Very. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. It's a unit yeah. of like, measurement. That's, that's a unit of measurement. That is, yeah. that is very weird. <laughs> yo, that's mad weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yo, don't do that. That's yeah. weird. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're in good shape. I like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, next word on the list is Johnning. Oh, Johnny. you're wrong on that. Am I wrong on that one? Yeah. I've never heard this one, so you oh. have to fill me in. So it's Joning. Like, oh, they Joning on him? Wait, like, I was mad confusion. Mad when you said Johnny, I was correctly. like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Wait, like, do that sentence again. I was mad confusion. <laughs> I don't think that's you. I was mad confusion. No, I was mad confused. Like, yo, I was mad confused. But do we not say I'm confusion? We do? We never Who's have said we? that. We? <laughs> like, I've never said that in my we? life. We? You never said that. Twin. <laughs> Yo, twin. We? Yo, twin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad confusion. Listen, wow. It's typical all over again. If Shakespeare can create 1,500 words, that I can part. use them how right. I want to. Okay, okay, right. Shakespearean. Right. So, look, so, so, so Jonan. Jonan. Yo, they Jonan. Oh, it's uh, black people love language. 
uh, can you be more a little bit like you know hey black sweatshirt you know <laughs> get over here with your little crochets okay, like, we just talk first of all they're not even crochets so don't be coming from me come here come over here glasses come here come on little shirt yeah the next word is just giving it's giving. Oh, it's giving. Yeah. What kind of vibe? You gotta snap with it. You gotta no. Yo. You gotta do. You gotta do the, no, do the air hat, grab. Do the air grab. grab. Your it's hat giving. is giving. giving. Thank you. Period. Them crochets are giving. They're not crochets. They're individuals. <laughs> Them individuals is giving. Not giving. That that means like uh, it, it is. It it's is. Great. Um, it is great. You're looking your best. Mm. Like if you walk down the steps mm. and you come yeah. out, like your outfit is giving. Right. Mm. These test stores right? are giving. You're at, right. Your effort Yo, could be giving. Your effort could be giving. giving. Mm-hmm. That behavior. Yeah. It's you giving. can also it's be giving, giving something like, oh, it's it's giving star student. It's sure. giving scholarly. Right. It's giving, you know, you can. It's giving, I'm can calling we, your parents if though? you keep talking. Is this not a gendered term, though? It's, it has gender. Boys can't give? It, no, boys identify, can give, but, but boys ain't give. supposed to say it. It, you uh, ain't like technically. Uh, I'm not supposed to be like. So yeah, he's that's not giving. gonna be like, oh, it's giving. But you could be like, like, like how she said it. I feel like you can say it like that because I've definitely been like, it's giving. Your parents are about to be called if you don't sit your <laughs> right, little self yeah, down. Right. right. Uh, like the next word, word on the list is my West Coast word, hella. Hella. <laughs> you know. Hella. Yeah. Another hella. unit of measurement. A unit song? of measurement. Yeah. Like that's hella. hella weird. All right. Last word. <laughs> the girls are getting on the list. Okay. Finna. Uh, oh, that's a black unit. That sounds like a black unit of measurement. Too. A black, yeah. It is gonna, actually. It's I'm a time measurement. I'm going to take the trash out. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, but that means I'm going to. Like I'm about to. Yeah, that means I'm mentally prepping. Like I'm mentally getting myself ready <laughs> yeah. for this yeah. excursion yeah. that I'm going to go on. At some point, that really does mean I'm mentally prepping to do something. I'm like really thinking about. Like you kind of got to hype yourself. Like oh, I'm finna. You know, you got to. You really got to get into it. Yeah, I'm finna. There's also fixing. If you're like a country black folk, you might say fixin' to, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too. Fixin' to. Yeah. Ooh, all right, all right. That's all that was them. a good one. Yo. That was a good one. Hey, listen, before we tap out. Before yeah. we tap out. Yo, any word of love, light, inspiration, anything that we want to offer to the teacher community? Yo, you got this. Like, honestly, you got this and you've made it this far. Continue to hustle it out. Continue to learn about the community and continue to be present mm-hmm. in the community. And always remember, people remember how you make them feel, mm-hmm. even if they don't remember your name. I would say just um, be open, like have a disposition of curiosity, of openness, of awareness, of learning. And when people want to engage in this work, sometimes it comes along with shame. Like we find out that we did something inappropriate or maybe we sh- wish we would have known something before or maybe we haven't been showing up the way we want to show up don't let the shame or the fear of doing the wrong thing make you like immobile Mm. right just tap in try to get over that that hump of like the anxiety of what how can i support what do i do and just start acting like just start showing up um and spend less time worrying about how it's perceived and more time just like actually doing the work i would tell teachers like yo this is the year of yes yes this is the year yes like uh when when opportunities come up Say yes. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. Um, stop telling ourselves no. Stop mm-hmm. talking ourselves out of opportunities to grow or yeah. do better. Um, and also understand that, like, yo, the classroom is your stage. Yeah. It is not your movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and if we if we treat it it's accordingly, a stage. you feel me? We deserve it all. Yeah. We deserve it all. Yes. And I think for teachers, so often we're used to being told no. Yeah. That we start telling ourselves no. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I want mm-hmm. for us to. Uh, to be able to have it all. Teachers deserve luxury. 
teachers deserve uh, access. Teachers deserve abundance. Teachers deserve um, it all. Yeah. So act like it. All right, yo, thank you so much for watching this takeover. Thank you, teachers off duty, for inviting us out. And hopefully we get to come back. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night and your day, you know. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.